All right. Uh-oh. Hello, 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 everybody. Thank you for joining me this evening. I am Tanika, and this is Mind Your Business. And tonight, my guest is Delphina Kirk, and she is a child of the Most High God, a Bible behavior member of the body of Christ, fearfully and wonderfully made. She is on Amazon Bushness bestseller, wife, mother, and boss, entertaining and highly energetic. The illustrious Miss Delphina Kirk, author and creator of A Dream Girl the Third, is her current brainchild, and she is here today to talk to us about it. So, Ms. Athena, thank you for coming on tonight. I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're a busy woman and you got a lot going on. So, we'll go ahead and get started, if you will. Yes. Tell us who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me to participate. Um, I think this is something wonderful that you're doing. Uh, my name is Mrs. Dafina, Miss Didi Kirk, um, formerly Carter. I am um, a, like you said in the bio, a child of God, wife, mom, and a, um, I guess I have to be a boss now because now I'm starting to branch out into my gifts and talents and I got to be bossy. So I'm not, as you can see, I'm not all the way comfortable with that, but I own it. I own it for the culture. But um, right now I'm, I'm actually a practicing comedian, um, an orator, which basically means I'm a professional and expert motor mouth. And um, an author, which I've been practicing that all my life. So um, I do it for the love. And to the Amen. Well, you know, we go way back. We've been knowing each other for quite some time. And over the years, both of our lives have evolved. I mean, you know, we both went from being a one-child parent to five children (laughs) or six children. Yes. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say, six children. And I mean, you know, a lot of times you look around and you see people that have kids or they might be a two-parent household or a one-parent household, and and the struggle is real. But, you know, I hear a lot of times people complaining about this, that, or the other, but you just make it look so effortlessly. So can you just tell us a little bit about, (laughs) you know, because I know what it really looks like, but can you tell us just a little bit about, because when people see you and they think that you got it together, and this is one of the things that I like to talk about. People see you, they think you got it together, all of this is that and the other but you know they don't understand what it takes and what it what goes into you being able to present the way you are so can you just share that a little bit um well hmm, okay so I need to break that down into pieces um well my first dedication is to my family um I think that gifts and talents are kind of in you when you're born. And I've always had an inclination towards, I guess, um, the words. I love words. And I started out. It's okay. Do what you got to (laughs) do. Okay. One second. I'm just get this child some lotion because that's what she wants. Lotion. (laughs) Hey, and that's what it's all about. Sometimes being a parent, you got to do what you got to do. And. This is what this show is all about. It's about real, authentic 
people doing their things that they want to do in life, living their dream and still having a family because you can do it all. And that's why the team is here tonight to show us how it's done. <laughs> oh my goodness. First of all, you will not live <laughs> like that while I'm sneaking. Because <laughs> this, all right. So first of all, only through the grace of God. I mean, I don't mean to keep on homing this in, but it's just been. I'll do it. Because we're coming into the new year, just because of the year that we're coming out of, this is already the state of mind that I've been in because of all the things that are going on. So because of that, like, I just always have to give all glory to God because that he is the source of my life. He's the way that I do it. It sounds so, I guess, um, mundane and but honestly, people don't understand who God is if you don't know how he's getting you through every day, you know. So how I am able to do the things that I do, one, I put my family first. You know, for a long time, I I felt the weight of having six kids and trying to, to mingle that with you know, my conviction towards learning and towards pursuing creative endeavors, you know, I'm like, dang, why do it always feel like I got to choose between mothering, wifing, and just being myself? It's, and that's not fair. And I'm like, I don't think that that's how I'm supposed to live. So I started breaking that down um, and I just accepted everything that um, I have been dealt. And I it's difficult, but I do it anyway. So it's like, I want to be a comedian. When Donald Trump became president, I was like, oh, I can be anything. <laughs> like, absolutely. if I want to do comedy, if I want to get on the stage and talk to people, I absolutely can do it. And this is the time for me to get started because I never thought I'd see the day as much as it was speculated upon. It, and never in a million years could I imagine that that day will come and it did. So I said, okay, well, this is the day that I will start taking myself seriously and I will start going towards my goals one at a time. And I have a wonderful supportive husband who everything I bring to him, cause it's a lot of, it's a lot of, I'll bring him a lot. I have a lot of ideas on a daily basis. And what his response is to me every single time is, babe, I support you. <laughs> That's his response. Yeah. Every time, babe, I support you. He helps we work together. We're a team. We we do everything. And sometimes he picks up a lot of slack for me. My husband's a very hardworking and dedicated man. And sometimes I do a little bit more on my side. But his endeavor to support me and my dreams, that is also a little bit of extra. It's, it's like a little bit of extra to lift me up to be like, you know what? I want him to be proud of me. I want to show him something good because you know, I'm in a league of extraordinary women and I just want them to know I'm extraordinary too. <laughs> and you know, it's very important when you do have a family and you do have a, a husband and a partner that you guys can help each other and encourage each other and uplift. I talk about that all the time. It's important for you to support one another. And so it's not about you trying to do one thing and he doing another, but you work together to encourage one another and it benefits the whole. You know, yeah. it's not outdoing or competing. It's about just working together and this is how we gonna benefit our family and be successful and show our kids what teamwork looks like. And so, you yeah. know, 
I'm very proud of you because I know that you have got so much inspiration and so much light inside of you. And you are, I, I think of you as an activist, <laughs> you know, and you, you do, you, you talk about the issues and you go live and you talk about things that are important. And, and, and I feel like that's a, a well-rounded person that you are a mother, you are a wife, you are a woman that understands what community is and you want to give back. And you said you believe gifts are born in us. I believe that too. And mm -hmm. a lot of times because we're wives and we're mothers and we've got jobs or we're doing this or doing that, we put ourselves on the back burner and feel like, well, I can't do that. And we suffer and we start, and that's where anxiety, depression, and all of this stuff comes from because we lose ourselves in all these titles. And so I believe that whatever is in you, you can do it and you're supposed to do it. And it shows your children and your family that, mm -hmm. hey, whatever it is, like you said, when Donald Trump became president, I think that showed the whole world, you know, all things are possible. And as long as you got Christ on your side, He's the one that put those desires in you anyway. Absolutely. And so it's beneficial that you do what your talents are or you're just wasting that that time. And so I'm just excited to see what you're doing and to be able to bring you on and talk about it. So when did you know that you were a comedian? <laughs> you know what? It's probably been my whole life. Um, my friends from a very young age, like I've always felt like I wanted to tell people stories, have people um, be around me and listening to me, you know, because I felt like I was, I don't know, like from a young age, like I, my sister takes my sister to tell the story. She said she was babysitting me one time. I was like maybe four years old ish. And um, she lost me. She couldn't find me. And um, she says she was, looking everywhere in the neighborhood and when she found me i was in the so basically i guess the worst house in the neighborhood where the kids kind of run around it was kind of dirty and i was sitting there i get on like a crate reading a book to the kids like and then the princess did such and such and all the kids were sitting around me in a semicircle. <laughs> so i can't say i knew then that i wanted to be a comedian but i didn't know that i wanted to be an entertainer but I wanted to be the glamorous kind of entertainer. I wanted to be like a singer, a dancer, a, a actress, a showgirl, something like that with a lot of glamour to it. But through elimination and me realizing what my strengths and weaknesses were, comedy was what I ended up with because it was what I was most comfortable with and it was what I enjoyed most because I enjoy a captive audience, but I don't want to pretend to be somebody else, you know? Cause I, I don't want to be pretend to be somebody else. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense. I'm trying to pretend to be somebody else because we trapped in society, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, it was my opportunity to share my knowledge. It was an opportunity to help people heal, and it was an opportunity to introduce another perspective. You know, because that's really what we're sharing right now. We're just sharing perspective and we're seeing how our differences can help each other grow. And I wanted to do that in a major way, in a fun way. Um, and I love to laugh. Like I laugh at the most inappropriate things. That's where I get that's where I get my outlook from, <laughs> like just looking at how life is like 
two piece in a biscuit, you know. I'm like, yeah. got me good. <laughs> so that's where it comes from. You know, and, and I agree with you. It's so funny. This lady one time, she told me, and I'm like, I don't think that I'm funny at all. My mama and my husband, you know, I think they funny and everybody, you know, I'm I'm goofy. I just, I'm goofy, I'm clumsy, all of this stuff. But I always try to act like I got it together. Like I can walk with one foot in front of the other. Yes. And so I was somewhere and this lady was like, you know what, you remind me of this comedian. And I was like, I remind you of a comedian? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, who? And girl, it was hilarious because she was like, Tiffany Haddish. And I was like, there is no way in the world you can compare me to this woman because I'm not funny on no level. And she said, it ain't because you're a comedian. It don't yeah. have nothing to do with you being funny. And this is what I learned about myself that day. She said, you say the most inappropriate thing <laughs> at the craziest time. And you be so serious. She said, because you say stuff. And she said, you just so real because you just say it. And it's not that you're trying to offend or hurt nobody, but you just will say what comes out your mouth. And she said, and that's the part that reminded me of her. And I said, you know what? That's why people don't like me. Because <laughs> I be telling well, what what's on my mind. Yeah. And I just be like, well, I wasn't trying to offend you. I mean, you know, I didn't mean anything by it. Because um, one of my girls in the house, I told her one time, we was talking and she said something. I said, well, if you can't take a joke, you can't be a part of this family. You're going to have to get it together. And yes. girl, she got the client talking about you don't want me in the family because I don't laugh. I was like, now, hold on. That's not what I was saying. But everybody that doesn't know you may not get you and may not understand where you're coming from, you know. And so I totally get you know, your humor. And sometimes it's dark. It's a dark, dark kind of humor. But everybody may not get that, but the ones that do get it, they appreciate that, and they welcome that, and so, I mean, I just, I've, every encounter I've ever had with you, I feel like we always have been able to to get it together, like, when I was at the grocery store, I just, I gotta bring this up, because yeah. I'm at the grocery store, and you saw my husband, and I, and you didn't see me, but from behind, oh, and so, you yeah. was like, hold on, what is going on, and so, he was like, you was looking at him, like, and so then you spoke to him, but it was kind of rough, like, hi. And then when I turned around, you was like, oh, okay. Because you didn't know it was oh, me. I, he, I he didn't was, have my glasses on. But it was funny because he was like, Tanika, she was just looking at me like, who you with? What are you doing? <laughs> it was funny. I said, but see, I said, that's the thing. You can't go nowhere and do nothing because folks will get you. They ain't got to say that. They can just give you look. And so then I went in there, and I don't know if you remember this or not because I'm just crazy. And so I was standing there like, he was like, Tanika, the side of your thing, come, come here, you're hanging out of me. And I was like, well, no wonder that man was over there all looking at me. I'm just over here. But see, that's the thing about being comfortable and, and being true, because you could have just been like, mm, I see that and not saying that. But you, yeah. you, let, you brought it to my attention, and I appreciate you for that. Because somebody else might have just let me go ahead hanging out. <laughs> that happened to me. That actually happened to me um, after I had my eight-year-old. So I was at Anderson University. I was breastfeeding. So, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, this is a woman's thing. When you breastfeed and you kind of shrink down. Well, I had on like some type of halter dress or something. I was always trying to wear something where it was easy to nurse if I needed to. So I'm walking. It was a hot day. 
and um, I'm speaking to people and saying, hi, hi, how are you? And, you know, the last lady that passed me, she was with her child and she kind of made this like, like nervous look. And I just was like, you know, what's wrong with her? You know, with like whatever. And I went and got in my car and I, I guess I put my arm up and I looked down and my boob was out the whole time for like maybe 15 minutes. I was just walking around exposed and nobody said nothing. And I was hurt because I was like, yeah, lady I saw was a mother and she could have just, you know, something, something, your boobs out. Hey, I've told people, hey, girl, I can see your boob in the past. And she was happy. So I wish that someone would have done the same for me, but I didn't have courtesy. So I just well, I sure appreciate it. So, but you know, with I want to I want to talk more about your comedy because that's what we got you on here. But when you just had a birthday and you had a show, now I know that's not your first show, but I think it's your first show that you were the headline. You were it was all about you. So let's talk yeah. about from when you very first started on and went on stage your first time because I think it was at Crackers. That yeah. you did the very first show was at Crackers. Now, mm-hmm. what compare that with you doing your own show? Like from there to now, how how has that look and evolved and changed in your eyes? Okay, so I would call my first show uh, not because I believe in luck, but because it's appropriate beginner's luck. Um. My style of comedy, my the goal for my comedy is to be able to tell people the the hard truth in such a way that they catch it, but then later on they catch it again, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. And um I'm trying to work up to the comfortability to tell the whole truth. Um, I think other people who who are, I guess, commentators or comedians, they will relate to that because my very first time getting on stage, I wrote my set. I based it off of some real life experiences. I mean, the things that I talk about on stage are not made up. It's not. It's my real life. Okay, so I just got up. I knew I only had three minutes, so I, I thought out my set. And I loosely wrote it down and then I got on stage and I forgot everything. Um, That's usually how it goes. I remember bits and pieces like like if I could imagine it, like think about my whole comedy set written on the air and it's there swirling inside my mind. And then when I get on stage, I just got to catch the parts that I can catch because when you get on the stage and the lights in your face and the people are sitting there with smiles and anticipation, that does something to you. It's like, oh, okay, these are my people. Yes. Hey, y'all. Hey. Like, it's it's such a good feeling. It's infectious. So it can very quickly take you away from yourself, you know. But And I'm a country bumpkin. So all day I'm like, hey, yes, my people tap water only, my people, hood, my people, little bit bougie, my people, well-read, y'all my people, nerds, my people. Like, I'm with my people in that world, you know, because first of all, being a comedian can be very self-deprecating. A lot of comedians feel like, you know, this is just my last stop. I wasn't very ambitious, 
you know, and some people are ambitious to be the biggest that they can be. I just want to share, you know, I just want to share. I don't, I haven't committed to, I guess, manifesting, you know, this as a big thing, but I've always seen myself talking to a multitude. Now, whether that's in ministry or, you know, comedy, I don't know. To me, I kind of think they're the same thing. And I believe the Lord is telling me I don't have to choose, you know, so all I had to do is choose him and I already did. So there's, you know. Well, I can help you on that part so we can talk later about how you can manifest that into a bigger playground for yourself because, you know, a lot of times people feel like, and especially when I started coaching, I had a mentor that told me if I was going to do this, then I needed to leave God out of it. And it took me a long time to get back to doing what God called me to do because mm-hmm. I can't do it if God ain't in it. And so I had to wrap yeah. my mind around, okay, how do I bring this to people without bringing God? And I've, yeah. I've even had um, training sessions where I've trained people and they was like, don't bring God. Well, I'm opening up a prayer. Y'all ain't got to invite me back. So whatever. But I mean, you know, I had to get comfortable with saying, you know what? I'm going to speak to the people that want it. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to reach everybody. It's only, it's, it's, it's somebody for everybody. And God will put you in front of the people that he needs you to reach. And so it took six years that I'm just sitting on this thing, you know, doubting myself because nobody wants to hear what I got to say, especially if I'm bringing God in it. And then God was the only way, huh? This mentor I had, and I got rid of her. I had, I'm like, yeah, you gotta go. But um, you know, God had to come to Jesus meeting, and He was like, you, in order for me to let you do what you want to do, you gotta walk wholeheartedly in your ministry. And so when I started doing that, He started opening doors, and now here we are on this platform. And so I'm not afraid to do what it is I'm called to do. And so that's the same thing with you. And that's what I like about your energy. You're not afraid to continue to increase in the Lord and letting people know if it's not without him, I can't do it. And so, you know, comedy doesn't have to be vulgar. It doesn't have to be outrageous. It doesn't have to be what you see um, normally, what we've seen in the past. But you can bring those two things together because people in God and Christ, they like to laugh. They need good fun. They need, you know what I'm saying? And this is the thing. We conform to the world so much. Yeah. yeah, It's not exclusive. The Lord let me understand. Like, first of all, just because, first of all, there are plenty Christian comedians. You know, I grew up listening to to cassette tapes of Christian comedians. And um, I I liked that I could listen to Mike Warnke and at the end of every show, he would have a song, I have decided to follow Jesus, you know, and um, that didn't, hit, I mean, you don't got to be like, you, you're, all you're doing is talking about your life. And if Christ is in you, that's what you're going to be, what you talk about. Just because you're going into spaces where people are not traditionally talking about that, it doesn't mean that you're alone. And just because it, even if you are alone, so what? That doesn't mean that you don't have the same love that somebody else have in your heart. It's just mm-hmm. that somebody ain't seen you need to see you. And that's typically what I come across. A lot of the comedians I come across, they have a hardship. They got a pain. That's the source of their comedy. One of my first sets, I remember getting up saying, you know, y'all talking about some heavy stuff. Y'all life is hard. 
<laughs> I was like, my life is good. Maybe I need to tell y'all about what I'm doing. Maybe I ain't here to tell jokes. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, they they love me for it. You know, everybody don't want to hear about your meth addiction. You know, so I don't. That's not my struggle. I got struggles, but that's not it. And I and I give glory to where glory is due. So. I just I do it for the love. I do it because that's what I grew up listening to. My father has a love for comedy. My dad is happy with me. Like he's proud of me pursuing this. Like, and I and I love that it's something that me and him can share. I just love it because nobody else around me is doing it. There's a lot of people doing it, but not but nobody around me. So, you know, it's fun being the one going out doing something crazy. It don't seem crazy to me, but to to my people, they like, girl, what is you doing? <laughs> but I get it. And and again, like I said, you're bringing Christ in it too. And and it's not necessarily that you are setting up, talking to um, trying to throw God on people or put them in the face, but you're showing them what true Christians look like. Because people like, it's so funny when you hear people say, oh, well, they Christians. Well, what is that supposed to mean? You know, I think everybody's a Christian. You know, in my mind, I think everybody is a Christian, is a Christian, and everybody loves the Lord, but that's not necessarily true. But when God puts you before people, He uses who He needs to to reach His people because they are His, and so let Him use you in any way that He needs to. He's gonna get the glory, and you're gonna get satisfaction out of being able to do what you love. And so again, I applaud you. You come from a long line of some strong women that have talent. I mean, I've been knowing Nikki forever. We went to school together. She used to do my hair and I did not know you were her little sister. And yeah. it's so funny because when I met you, I met you on a whole different level than I met her. And yeah. you know, and it was two different relationships and still for a long time, I did not know y'all were sisters. <laughs> and then I was like, hold on, wait a minute. How did I not know that? And then your mom. Your mom does stuff at our church every year. She comes and does the um the our ushers thing, and they do the hands. And and I'm just like, I did not know that was your mom. And her and I talk, and we pray, and we laugh, and I'm putting all these things together. That I mean, that's a strong tribe right there. That's some talented women, and all of y'all are very prophetic, and you all have strong talents and gifts. And so that's just beautiful. And so, you know, and, and you all have a good, strong relationship. And I think that's a lot of times what it's all about as well. How do they support you in, in your comedy and the things that you do? Well, my whole family is not a fan, okay? But my sister, like my sister supports me. My sister will, she is always the... um constructive criticism that I that I crave because I don't need everybody tell me how great I am. I want to mm-hmm. get better. You know what I'm saying? I don't I already, I don't need those accolades. I want to know was it did was I coherent? Did I get did I make the point? And I'm still figuring that out. And my people let me know my mom loves it. My mom <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be a comedian too. So like even with my birthday show, she got up and did a set. Um, she that was her first debut on stage, and it brought me joy to even see her get up and do it. She branched out of her own comfort zone. My mom does like to talk to people, but she's never done it in that capacity. So just to be a part of that, that made me feel happy. 
Um, I've talked about my dad, my, my dad's married. I have another mom that, you know, she's not as visible because my parents live in Illinois. Also, that's where I grew up and they are proud of me and they support me. And they are some of my biggest cheerleaders. Um, my kids, like a friend of mine suggested, she said, you know what you should do is take this show on the road. And really you and Charles, y'all could just be getting in the car on Friday, Thursdays, Tuesdays, whatever, take the kids with you. I was like, you know what? That sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. And I'm willing to do it because I love a good road trip, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to my dad and we were talking about, you know, he was, I'm talking about my, um, my love hate relationship with employment. And um, I love the security that employment suggests, but I also love my freedom and I'm accustomed to my freedom. And because I'm so committed to my family, every little thing that looked like it might be compromising my family's integrity, I'd be like, oh, well, I mean, we could do something else. But I've um, settled into the group because that also gives me satisfaction. But traveling around the world, doing comedy. And again, I'm not talking about famous. I'm talking about doing the work. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of comedians that we don't even know their names that have very successful careers who are able to feed their people, take care of their people, take care of themselves, give share, grow, you know, thrive. And they live the type of lifestyle that I would love to live. Children taken care of. They want to be world travelers. I want to take my my homeschool with me everywhere we go. So because we move as a unit, always together, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I want for my family. And it's not conventional. It's some people be like, girl, you sound crazy. I'm like, well, I love my family that much that if I could always have them with me and and send them out into the world with these experiences that a lot of us couldn't even imagine, that's the dream. You know, that's the dream. And I believe that's what it's, I truly believe that's what it's all about. And so, I mean, being able to have your family and show them what you do and do it together as a team Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's what I think that it's intended to be. Seriously, because when you when mama's at work, daddy's at work, kids are doing whatever. Mm-hmm. We, you know, our family gets divided, and so when we can do something as a unit, like you said, when we move, we move together. When we do things, we are together. That is what is enriching and empowering your family to continue to build a legacy. So yeah. I commend you for that. And you know, and that's what I say about being able to show other people what that looks like because you mm-hmm. can have it all and people you don't have to sacrifice who you are your family you don't have to choose you just no. have to find a way to make it all work together i think a lot of times that is a struggle that women deal with because i mean i can only speak for women you know my husband has shared with me like his his mandate as husband father provider he shared that with me and i believe god gave that to him you know what i'm saying i don't have nothing to do with that but i'm like you married the person that god made me to be so Uh i'm a creative individual and he rocks with me and a lot of people think that they got to choose between their family their spouse their children and their passion or their ambition 
or their career. And I feel like if that's how you feel, then you need to let that thing go. Because the only thing that you are responsible to is the people that you bring into this world. Now, there's the people that God bring into your life, but there's the people that God gave you. And that's your children. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I feel like we would advance much more, I guess, coherently as a society if we were loyal to that which we were responsible for instead of money. Absolutely. We are loyal to a dollar to maintain a facade. You know what I'm saying? What good is it to, here go the scripture, gain the whole world and lose your soul? What's a dollar? You know? So my kids, that's my heart. This comedy thing, it's it's a fruit of who I am as a person. It's just one component. Um, but it's a gift and I share it freely because it brings me, it gives me something to share. It. But I share it with these kids first. <laughs> My- comedy comedy being on stage in comedy is not the only thing you've done because you've done some acting as well yes let's talk about that let's talk about your acting career (laughs) so uh well i went to performing arts school um i went to roosevelt magnet school in peoria illinois listen to me talking about my life and look at you (laughs) for performing arts and um I learned a lot at that school and I don't even know, again, God ordaining the steps of my life because that school nurtured me. I went to a lot of schools. I went, uh, but that school nurtured my, my being, you know, and I went through a lot of um, adversity. Like I was bullied. (laughs) I mean, who wasn't bullied, but I was bullied, but I had a core group of friends who kind of orbited. We orbited around each other and we all encouraged each other. Black girls that looked like each other, that was pushing each other to be better, pushing each other to be excellent. We held each other accountable. These were skills that I was learning from a young age that a lot of my peers to this day don't live by. So I have to commend the the six friends, seven of us, the six friends that I grew up with, who said, you know, Defina, you're going to be at the honor roll breakfast because I don't want to be the only one at the honor roll breakfast. And you smart enough, so you need to be on the honor roll. And I was like, well, I guess I better get on the honor roll. And I was on the honor roll because I wanted to be with my friends. And friends are important. And people discount a lot of times the importance of a support system, the importance of having people who are achieving things, the people who are overcoming things. These are the people you want to surround yourself with. A lot of people try to gravitate to, I guess, the millionaires or the stars, not realizing, you know, some people are overnight success. Some people, money comes to them. It's a gift. It's not something that they work towards, but people who teach you the work ethic, people who show you who you are, those are people that you need in your life because they will push you to the higher heights and they will demand you be the person that God called you to be because they'll pull that out of you. It'll uh-huh. you won't be able to stifle it or pet press it down. And that was my beginnings, humble beginnings. I went to um high school and I started thinking along the lines of I want to be an actress, but I suppressed it thinking, um, oh, it's not practical. 
it's not a practical idea. I'm not pretty enough to be an actress. Not realizing they be, you know, they look like me and you. The makeup is movie magic. It's magic. I'm like, oh, you look like my sister. You know, so I started to kind of tear away the layers and divorce myself from the lies of aesthetics and, you know, accepting myself for who I am, accepting my beauty, having a conversation with with the Lord and also myself say, okay, so you don't like how you look. Tell me what you would have did better. You know, and that's awfully arrogant of me to tell my creature. Oh, I, I would have liked some longer legs, Lord. You know, <laughs> like yeah, and absolutely. Your husband. So now what? You know, so accepting myself for who I was, starting to look at my gifts and heed the call of action on my life. Because when you've given a lot of gifts, you have to. There's a demand on your life. You know. And life gonna get it from you one way or another, so it's best to just choose God's way. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny because you, I, again, because we go back so far. But I always felt like you just always had a high self esteem, and that you really just believed in yourself, and whatever you wanted to do, you wanted you would do it, and you would it was outspoken. And see, a lot of times people don't understand that our true self does show up, but that doesn't mean we own our true self. And sometimes, like you said, you got to divorce yourself from these doubts and these thoughts. You are a beautiful woman. And so forever, any time to think that, well, I don't look like them. Well, good, you don't look like them because it's already them, right? We don't need another them. We need a you. (laughs) It took me, me, so that's how I ended up trying out for Dream Girls. Like, so here Here we we go. go. Dream Girl Deferred. Um, the Dream Girl production came to Muncie, and I had been cutting up in the beauty shop for some years. People don't know this about me. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. Um, I've grown up in the beauty shop. First of all, I've been around so many different types of women, and I've taken little bits and pieces of the the ones that I admire the most. Just a minute. <laughs> And see, that's another thing about being able to run your own business and do your own thing and live the life that God created you to live. Because you don't, if you were at a nine to five or someone clocking in and your kids need you, you can't just say, hold on a minute and let me go take care of this. You might get a phone call and then you might be like, OK, well, when I get home, we'll handle it. But when you can be involved in your family and you can be surrounded with your children and, and be there on your time. That makes all the difference in the world. And it's important. It is very important because we forget what is um, what our priorities are. And like Davina said, if we are so busy chasing a dollar, we are losing focus of the real things that we are put here to be responsible for. And so if, if it means that hold on a minute, let me go take care of this, that is what needs to happen. And it's okay because if you work for someone or if you got a clock in and you are someone else's time, you have to do what they say. You are under their command. And we got to start breaking free from that. We got to start breaking free from being led by anyone other than God. In the beginning, he gave man work and then he gave him a wife and then he gave him children. And so they did everything together as a family. Now, 
Sometimes our family didn't always do the right thing, but God fixed it and he always will. So if you got to take a pause break to go see what's going on and get your family back in order, then that's what you need to do. But you can't do that when you under somebody else's command. So it's about being free and who God made you. So I was just talking about why you stepped away, how important it is to have your own business and to live your own life the way God created so you can have this freedom to be able to say, hold on, let me walk away. Because if you was at a, at a job right now, you wouldn't be able to say, hold on, <laughs> let, you know, when I get home, we'll handle that. And, that. and that's why it is so important. And I remember when I first started doing these lives, I would get freaked out. Be quiet. Everybody be quiet. And I need you to, what? This is my thing. This is my home. This is my life. And this is my platform. Hey, baby. And if my kids is in the background, this is what it is. Because yeah. this is my thing. You can tune in or you can tune out. But this is real life coming at you. And yeah. we need to quit fronting, trying to act like everything is so right. You know what I'm saying? I like it. I like rawness. I love it. Yeah, I can't. I can't front. I can't act like I don't hear them screaming. You know, because the whole internet is watching me neglect my kids. But there's an adult downstairs. (laughs) There is an adult in the house. (laughs) But um, he just, you know, he's just a little loose sometimes. But um. They will come and they likes to get on the camera. I'm telling you, mine, I'll be locking them out because I didn't have to take myself from out of the house. Mm-hmm. I done made me a little section in my garage. And I promise it's no sooner than I go on. Here they come. And I'm like, get back. But and sometimes I'm like, I don't care because this is and my little girl earlier today. She said, mommy, let's do some mindfulness. So we did a TikTok oh. real quick. You know, and so she and she knows what that is. And so I'm like, come on, you want to do some mindfulness? Let's do a TikTok because she sees that mommy's doing something. She don't think mommy just is mommy. She know mommy does stuff. And if she can be a part of that, if any of them can be a part of it, I let them. And so that's I commend important. it. I, yeah, that's very important, Tanika. Thank you that because they didn't need to know mommy is doing stuff because my oldest daughter don't think I do nothing. <laughs> you, you know where. <laughs> And, you know, because we make it look so easy, they don't understand everything. Seriously, they don't. They don't think you do anything. But then they look and be like, well, how did you do all of that? Yeah. You don't realize what it takes and all the energy that I put into things because this is this is what we do. And hopefully one day they'll be able to do it. They watching. So don't worry. They'll be all right. They'll see. I was doing it for you. I Look, I do it for you guys. I do it because... If I can inspire you to do what you love or do what you dream of doing or doing what's in your heart, I owe y'all that much. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. owe them to not be my best self. I don't owe it to them to not try. I don't owe it to them to to, to put my gifts under a barrel, you know. Um, um, But I was talking about dream girls. Dream girl. Yes, yes. Um, I would I would have never had the confidence to go after dream girls because I'm like, I don't really sing that good. I'm really you know, I had just had my baby and I had a lot of physical uh, difficulties. I was like, I'm going I'm just going to try out. I'm trial for the course, you know, but of course I can't not go for the gusto. So I'm like, yeah, I want to be Dina, Michelle, Laurel, the course. I want to be all the dream girls like I take whatever. (laughs) 
for me. <laughs> and um, I ended up getting selected for the understudy for um, Michelle, which was the fourth dream girl. And um, to me, even that still was ambitious because Again, I know what my singing voice sound like. And I was very, very confused when I got up for my audition and um, I got to Belton. I'm looking for something, baby. Like I was giving my Broadway best and the director burst into laughter. And I was like, what is he laughing at? <laughs> like I was, I was like, this is the goods. What, what are you, what is I was confused. He was tickled. I'm like, I'm not being funny though. Like, but my, it, it was like, it was such a mess. It was like, surely she's not serious. <laughs> and he loved me. And he was like, I got to do something with this girl. Let me, let me find her a part. Let me, let me give her uh, just, you know, it turned into, let me give her a feature. So my, I had a walk-on role as well as an understudy role. Well, what happened is as an understudy, you have to be at all the principal uh, rehearsals. You have to learn all the lines. You have to learn all the songs. And if you, because if the principal can't be there, you take their place. So I missed out on a lot of chorus uh, uh, rehearsals. And it kind of created a disconnect between me and the cast. And I felt like the odd duck, you know, and I have no problem voicing my insecurities. I have no problem voicing when I feel like injustices are done against me. And that's what happened. So it was a little stupid, like, issue with a chair. And I was ready to fight the whole female ensemble. And I had to go back and apologize to everybody because it was like opening night or the second night. And I'm not even the star. I'm not even, I'm not, you know, my name ain't on no credits. I ain't put no money in on this. I'm a volunteer in the course. And um, don't nobody sit in my chair when I get ready to come out and go on stage. I'm professional. Fired. Get out. Like, <laughs> Well, and then the, the director him and I'm so embarrassed to this day <laughs> because the director himself had to he put his physical body between me and the rest of the women because I said out of my mouth I put one of the women and what you laughing at because I will get you acting oh. <laughs> I'm not saying no names but the people that were oh, that know they know I cut up like I cut up, so it was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, this is not the this is not the field for you, boo. Because you act so you you know. So I was like, oh, okay. So one woman show is better fit for me. Because <laughs> I there you go, and I didn't act with a whole fool over this course assignment. <laughs> I ain't even have a. Ugh, so see, that, but see, at least you know how to own your nonsense. See, that's the thing. You 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 know, and that's a good thing. You can laugh about it now, but you can look back and say, "Okay, I had to apologize." And I know, well, maybe that ain't for me. I don't work well with others. I need to do my own thing. So let's talk about doing your own thing, and that's okay. Yeah, and it was good because I, I some people 
can get along no matter what environment you put them in. And some people are going to rub against the grain no matter what environment you put them in. But all them people have a place. All those people have a place, you know. And um, I'm a grain rubber. I'm a grain rubber. I accept it. I accept it. <laughs> I love it. See, that, that's what I love about you because you just are authentic and real and you just say what the truth is. And see, and that's the thing. You don't try to sugarcoat it or try to pretend to be something. Else. No, you are who you are yeah. and you own who you are. And we need to be more authentic. Every day I work to be better. I don't I don't live in it. I don't revel in it. Right. It's not my goal. These are just my these are my shortcomings, you know? And I just that's that's also a part of the reason why I do comedy because it's a captive audience and I could just tell about a black experience in America. It's just one one experience, but it makes a difference by how people see us, by how people relate to us. I'm like, somebody got to tell our stories because the, the people that's been telling our stories been lying on us. Mm, so yeah. somebody got to tell the truth. And um, I'm just going to tell the truth. That's all I got to do. But see, nobody has a right to tell you about yourself when you know yourself. And and I, I always say, whatever criticism you got from me, let me know. Because I know myself very well. And yeah. if I'm doing something that's off-putting or that is harm somebody in some kind of way, call me on it and bring it to my attention. And then I look inside myself and be like, oh, we, you're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. And I own that. Or I'll be like, nah, you know, you need to get yourself. You need to fix yourself. And, and you need to worry about why that offended you because apparently you didn't like that truth. But I can own my truth and you own your truth. And we need more of that. And so that's why God put people like us in the world to be able to show what that looks like. And you still are a godly person. Somebody told me one time, what kind of a Christian are you? I was like, the kind that needs to, to be delivered every day. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I ain't perfect. And, and I might say anything, but I do know I love the Lord and I get convicted daily. But at the same time, I mean well, and I'm here to do good. But there's people that's not here to do good, that act like they're here to do good, and are running around here pretending that they are helping, and they're not. And yeah. so, I, you know, we need more influencers that are about the right thing and about being real and not trying to be righteous, because... We know who the righteous was, righteous one is, and as long as he's within us, that's gonna shine through. And so now that you've got a dream girl deferred, is this um, a act? Is it a book? Is it a what is it? Tell the world what you have in a dream girl deferred. What are you offering? Well, hmm. Right now, it's a one woman comedy show. Right now, it's a it's it's a testimony. It's a book. It's a um a anthem because it's like I mean and you know that comes from the Langston Hughes poem, A Dream Deferred. That's where that's where that came from. And um I mean I love that you call me an activist because my birthday is November 22nd. That's the day that uh John F. Kennedy was shot. And I feel like that means something. I'm like, I was born on a on a noted day in history. You know what I'm saying? John F. Kennedy was considered 
a hero. You know, that's the way people remember him in their mind. And I was born on the day a hero was lost. You know, not the same year, but the anniversary. So it's like, to me, that just meant that I had a requirement on my life to stand up for Black people, stand up for Black people's rights, um, help advance and raise the consciousness of our community because a lot of times our communities were disenfranchised. I had to learn that word way too young. And it's not fair. Why am I? Why? Who Who said I'm disenfranchised? Because I was been. I've always been taught that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and I know yes. that made us. So who says I'm disenfranchised? Then why I gotta own that? And why do any of my people gotta own that? Because from where I'm standing, they are phenomenal people, legendary people, supernatural, capable people. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the black people I know, and I'm here to tell that story because. That's what people need to know about us. Like, oh, there's a reason to be afraid, but you don't need to be afraid. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, so true. So how, if anybody wants to see your shows or get your book, how do they get in contact with you? Um, okay, well, for now, because, so since the since the induction of um, a Clubhouse, so now that I've learned that I have to take my brand seriously um, and I need to make sure that I'm being purposeful in my marketing, um, I currently, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Dafina Type, D-A-F-I-N-A-T-Y-P-E, Dafina Type. And um, on Facebook is Dafina Kirk. I do have Twitter. Um, it's Lay underscore D Carter C A R T E R. Um, I do not have a website, but I do have a blog. But it's in, I'm revamping it, it's in progress. It's the new year, and again, this is all thanks to Clubhouse telling me how I need to take what I have and use it in a valuable and meaningful way. So I'm putting more respect on my name, basically, just put a little bit more respect on my name, put some respect on your name. Yes. Yes. And that's important. And also I can help you with branding. If you need any help with that and getting your website together, getting your blog revamp, those are some things that I do. And so, you know, my thing is this, if you've got a talent or a resource and you know somebody that can use it, offer them that help. That's what I put this platform here for so that we can connect and so that we can share resources and so that we can network with one another that have things to offer instead of people trying to make you wait or jump through hoops to try to get something. And so it's not about that. Yeah. Like, and that's another thing. Like I, I, I'm still learning. So I'm new to this Tanika. We've talked about this and I am interested in taking the next steps because at the very least to put out my written works, um, I've, I've found a resource eight weeks to Amazon's best selling list and I've got all the things. So I'm taking the steps. I'm learning about um, AFB or wait a minute. Amazon fulfilled AF, I think P um, ebooks. I'm learning all the things because, you know, the Lord let me understand, you know, people are talking about seven streams of income. Well, it was 12 tribes that fed the kingdom once every month. So that's 12 streams of income. So you have seven, but I just want what God has for me. 
That's like I said, that's what I default to. That's where I live in my life. That's the truth about who I am and everything that I'll ever be. So <laughs> um, if I didn't oh. clear, I think it's clear now, you know. So before we wrap this up, I want you to tell me two different things. First of all, your younger self, if you could go back now, knowing what you know now, what would you have told your younger self then to get you to where you are now? Um, it's okay to be unpractical. Trust in the provision that God has made for you. What you have is more than enough. Take yourself seriously and don't let go of your dreams. Don't let them go because those dreams were gave to you. They weren't gave to your dad. They wasn't gave to your mom, wasn't gave to your brothers and sisters, wasn't gave to your best friends, was gave to you. And so you're the one who's responsible for it. Protect it. It's precious. It's yours. And it'll make your life wonderful. And I'm I'm thankful that I woke up to that because I actually have those dialogues with myself. I I'll, Wherever I'm at in my life, if I feel like I'm going through a hard time, I like project myself into the future and say, if I was 10 years older, what would I look back and say to myself right now? That's always been a practice of mine. I did that from like 18 on up. I haven't done it in a while, but that lets me know I'm taking the steps and I'm doing the work because I'm doing exactly what I would tell myself to do. If I, if my future self could tell me to do something now, it would say faster, more, <laughs> get up earlier, <laughs> talk less. So do more, commit, get it done. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, before we end this, there's young women out there. There's older women out there, middle-aged women out there, grandmothers out there that are sitting back thinking that, man, I had a dream or I have a dream or I wish I would have, could have, um, should have. What words of advice or wisdom do you have to offer to those ladies? As long as you live and you got a dream, there's a difference between there's dreams and then there's visions. Um, when you start to put your dream into action, if you so, but how, how does this saying go? Let me try to break this concept down. The dreams are the things that you can accomplish in your lifetime is, is it, or am I saying it backwards? The vision is what you can accomplish in your lifetime and the dream is what you can do for generations. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but basically as long as you got breath in your body, you can take the steps to do everything that's in your heart. If you want to start a business, if the, if you don't know the first thing about starting a business, Google, how do I start a business? If you don't know what your purpose is, really ask yourself, what do I love? What am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? That might sound cliche, but it really is the core of who you are. Ask yourself, what did I want to do when I was a child, when I was like seven years old? I know exactly what I wanted to do when I was seven. And, I, and it took me to 34 to start doing it. Like I started taking my fashion seriously. It's like, I love fashion. I love decor. Like I'm a budding decor extraordinaire. You know, like comedy is just, like I said, it's just one fruit. 
like I'm studying real estate right now. Go for all the things. You don't have to limit yourself just because something is hard. That doesn't equal impossible. And hard isn't bad. We shy away from effort. Why? Everything don't got to be easy because effort is really what makes us better. So stop telling yourself you can't, especially in this season. We don't know how much longer we got left here. So you better go. Go for it. Go for all the things. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm going to continue to follow you. And everybody that joined us in tonight, if you were able to catch this live, support Dafina. Support her. And this is her ministry and what she's doing. Because I can tell you, whatever she is sowing into this, she's going to give back. And I love to say this, don't get on the bandwagon because wagons are dragging. So you better follow this train where it's going because it's about to leave the station. And so I am a fan and I'm going to continue to applaud you, encourage you, uproot you and uplift you and be there whenever you need me. And I know the same works both ways. Yes. And so, you know, we've got to continue to empower and support one another. So please, everybody. If you know of an opportunity where you can go and see her show when she has one or you can support her or if you can just see her and say, hey, continue to do what you're doing. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Sometimes just a nice gesture is all somebody needs to know to keep on going. And then you never know in return what they might be able to give you back. If you are out there with a dream or a plan, no, it's a purpose for your life. Go ahead. Follow through with it. But if you um, are watching this and you have any comments or concerns or anything that you would like to put in, go ahead and shoot me a DM. And if you need to get with the Phoenix, she left her information, but we will have that available for you later on the website if you want to get a hold of her that way. Now, if you aren't able to watch it live, watch the replay and then watch it over again. And you might learn something because the two women that are sitting before you, they're no different than who you are. Anything that you can see happening, you can see it in your life only if you believe in yourself. So do that because God designed you for his glory. So live out your plan, fulfill your purpose, and know you will be better off for it. Dafina, I thank you. I love you. And continue doing what you're doing. Don't um get off yet. We're just going to close out and then I'll talk to you for a few more minutes. But Everybody have a good evening. I will see you guys again on next Tuesday, I believe, but I'm not sure yet because I got some things that I got to revamp because I'm getting ready to get involved in something that's going to be very beneficial for the community. And other than that, I want y'all to know that I had a man on from Uganda. His name is Michael, and he um, has a um, program called Heart to Heart that we've been working together with. And I'm telling you, they are doing some really amazing things to support the women over there. And so I want to talk to you a little bit later on about visiting the website and supporting these women and maybe even sponsoring what is going on so that we can help get these women sustained so that they can be able to build a legacy and help empower the children over there. So I'll get back with you some more on that. And I'll do some mindful moments. But later on tonight at 10 o'clock, me and my husband will be on talking about the Jezebel spirit. So mm-hmm. join us back here tonight at 10 p.m. because we're going to be talking about these spirits, how to address them, how to identify them, and how to get rid of them when you let them in. Because the only way to get in is if you let them in. And so we're going to talk to you tonight about that. And other than that, be blessed. And remember, you were created with a purpose. Thank you for watching. Bye.